Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, Danielle and Trent Williams, owners of River Drive CrossFit in Savannah, Georgia. Guys, thanks so much for being here this morning. How are you? Doing pretty well. Doing great. How yeah. are you doing? Awesome. Appreciate you taking some time to chat with us this morning. Let's get into it. Tell us about River Drive. How did it come to be? What are you all about there? I know you're more than just a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me? All right. About? No, uh, we started River Drive CrossFit a couple of years ago um, because we realized there was a need in Savannah for... Um, a community-driven CrossFit gym that was a little bit, there was a really big area of town toward the islands that didn't have any gyms. There was just nothing there. And uh, we've been working for other people for a while and wanted to do it kind of our way a little bit more. And um, my daughter was sleeping in the car and I drove past a building as I drove her around because I was exhausted and she finally took a nap. And this like building opened up like magic. And uh that's kind of how we found it. And we thought this is crazy. There's no way that you, you start a business with 10,000 square feet by yourself. That's insane. Who does that? Um, a lot of people thought that we were crazy and, um, that really provided us the space to, to grow through the pandemic. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, God, that's not what we're about, but that's how we started. Yeah. <laughs> River Drive CrossFit is just a home for everyone. Yeah. You know, we we have over the years accumulated a ton of experience in the CrossFit realm and CrossFit works, you know. I mean, that's that's what we tell people when people, yeah. you know, talk when we have members talk to us about, you know, celebrations, I did this, I did that, you know, when we high five them. That's what that's what I tell them. I just, you know, CrossFit works. That's what it's about, yeah. And um we have a lot of families, childcare, which is really cool. Our building provides a space in the front. Um, it's got AC, which is like gold in a CrossFit gym. You don't, you don't really have that a lot. Um, so there's a space for them, paid childcare, and that's been really awesome. So we get a lot of families. We have a lot of working people that really are just here to sleep better, de-stress, um, have a better routine in their life. And a lot of people just, you know, say it's the best part of their day. And that's kind of what God, that's the dream of every business owner is for somebody to say that your business is the best part of their day. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So you guys both very clearly love CrossFit. Um, You are big, big, big champions of the methodology. You're working in, in gyms, you're working out, you see what you like, what you don't like, like, like a lot of people in a lot of businesses do. And you knew that if you were going to do it, you had a, a, a set way that you were going to fix the things you didn't like. You were going to take the things yeah. that you did. Um, and you didn't want to get into it just to be trainers that worked for yourself, right? You guys wanted to come in as business owners from the get-go, looking at this thing like it's going to be the future for you, for your family, yeah. and be a, a cornerstone of the community, right? You're not, you weren't just like, I don't want to work anywhere else. Let me start my own gym. Like this, this thing had a plan, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a year in the making before we opened. Yeah. I mean, I think it started when we first started dating, I wanted to own, uh, we met in a CrossFit gym. Um, we didn't start dating in that gym, but we, 
you know, eventually left that gym, started dating. And it, I mean, it all came to be, you've got like a composition book and he like wrote down everything, like sort of drunk one night, writing down all of his plans and planned out this entire gym in a composition book um, all night long. And I think it's just this brain dump of here's what we can do. Here's how we can do it better. Here's the mistakes that we don't want to make. And here's the things that we want to take with us. Um, and you know, it really all starts with making sure that we don't put ourselves above the members, making sure that the members do, I don't want to say come first because that almost sounds like we are less than, but making sure that we don't put equal parts of the community. Yeah, we're equal parts of the community and the community is here for us just as much as we're here for them and building the relationship in the community so that you have elite athletes, you have scaled athletes, we're all on the same page together so that we're all supporting each other and we're not the crux. We're not like the top of this this totem pole. Uh, you know, there are there are there's a whole community that supports each other. It's like this big working organism. And that's been really, really cool to watch over time. So you, when you say that you want to be in, not above the community, you, you want to be involved. You want to know who everybody is. You want them to know that you are the owners and you're running the business, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, that, that they are, are the business yeah. You yeah. I think about them, but they need you to nurture it, to take care of it, to grow it and not just be there on the side as a, Oh, that's, that's just coach Trent. You know, that's just like you, you take on that responsibility and say, Hey, you guys, you're trusting me with your fitness to build this community. And I'm going to be here, right. I'm going to be there to fist bump you, but I'm also going to make sure the lights stay on. Yeah. We're, we are there to stay involved. You know, we are not looking to wind up a clock and then put it on a shelf by any means. I mean, we are, we are here sun up to sundown. Like we make sure that they know that we're here. Yeah. I think it's what it's like, what's that phrase? I can't even think of it right now, but what we don't to stay in our scope of practice, a lot of people, um, CrossFit because it is community based, a lot of people, uh, can treat it similar to therapy and they 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 can idealize idealize the or idolize the the owners and the coaches and things like that so there are ways that we can have like we have physical therapists that are members when people come to us with an injury or something that is outside of the scope of practice which we all learn about in our level one we address we send them to the physical therapist in the building hey go here so we've created this really big village that just kind of works all together with various different working parts. Um, and we, we stay with, we're, we're fitness, overall health and wellness. And we can then have these playing parts that are in it as well that trickle down. Got it, got it. So I think that makes sense in the fact that you don't wanna be everything to everybody yourselves. You wanna play your role to the, to the utmost degree of their, their fitness and their attention yeah. and all that stuff. But as soon as it gets to that line, you're like, hey, I've built this community. We've built this community. And we also can influence your life by saying, go see Dr. Joe or go see X, Y, Z. Whatever you need is probably in that community. Yeah. And you have this, I wouldn't even go so far as call it transactional referral basis. It's just that 
that tribe of if yeah. somebody needs something, there's probably there somebody or five people waving their hand like, hey, hey, I can help. And yeah. You're just like a, you can be a traffic cop. Like, yeah. oh, did you know that, uh, oh, you're in the 6 p.m. class. Someone in the 4 p.m. class uh, went and saw this chiropractor. You, sh you should go talk to them or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Some, uh, we all, it almost becomes a, like a networking platform. Yeah. Really, the community itself just, yeah. So as far as how you've built the community and how you manage it, we have a lot of, you know, like husband and wife teams and different dynamics there. What is yours? Who takes care of what responsibilities? Is there a lot of overlap or do you have clear separate roles in how you run the business? I think in, in the simplest form, we, we, we have devised it up as anything big picture, big picture planning, expansion, improving the business, management of the business, um, anything like that is Danielle. I mean, you know, we're expanding into a, another part of the building, hopefully within the next month. I mean, that was very much something that Danielle made happen. Um, big picture events fundraising, uh, communication with, you know, clients, lawyers, I mean, literally anything, any, any type of management, uh, I would say is very much Danielle, social media, social website. media, entirely social media schedule. Is, yeah. Um, and then you answer the phone. So answer she brings the phone, in the hiring, firing, yeah. all that. We don't fire people, but <laughs> yeah. I, that it just went with it. Big, so big picture management yeah. stuff. And then I'm, I'm the day to day. So I, uh, I program and I coach. Um, so, yeah. It sounds like. Much no, 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 less. It's not no, 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 no. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's, it's yeah. not less. It's, it's just, yeah. It's just different, right? You're yeah. kind of more in the business. Uh, I'm, I'm saying you and people can't see this. So um, Danielle is kind of more the work on the business and Trent is more kind of work in the business. Yeah. But anything that's significant, you guys are collaborating on right you're not not doing one isn't doing without the other but you know when it comes to the programming you don't write a week worth of programming uh and danielle's like nah, i don't like that you just kind of yeah yeah you, you let each other be your area of expertise and then just kind of come in with how you feel or feedback or whatever it is very much so i mean i i would i would absolutely admit that danielle's strengths and the tasks that she has in our business she is much more equipped to take on than I am. And so, you know, more often than not, I feel more than comfortable trusting her gut. I mean, she'll ask me an opinion to try to keep me involved and I will just have no input. I'll be like, I, I don't know, what do, you, <laughs> what do you think? And then she'll tell me, it's like, you know what? That sounds great. I agree with that completely, you know? And, uh, um, I do tell them if I don't like a workout, but yeah. But Mostly that's because nobody anyway, though, right? Yeah. Because no one likes burpees. So it's not, it's I don't think yeah. it's <laughs> but he's he has like he's been programming for gyms for eight years now. That's like, I mean, he the first CrossFit gym he stepped foot in was his level one. He'd yeah. never done CrossFit before ever. And then the next CrossFit gym he worked at and became the trainer and the lead trainer and programmed there for six years. Um and it was just it's just fun and effective CrossFit. So I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't want to program CrossFit. I don't feel like it's something I geek out on like you do. 
That's awesome. So instead of just you guys having two skill sets that overlapped and then trying to figure out who does what, it just makes it a lot easier to draw those lines and say, hey, that's what you like doing. I have faith in you. Go off and do it. If you want my opinion, I'll give it to you, but I'll be over here doing my thing. And then so far, so good seems to be working out. So I want to talk a little bit about that um, because, you know, the big questions are always, you know, how big is your gym? How many members you have? What can you hold? Things like that. And, and there, are, there are only a handful of problems that most CrossFit gym owners have. Um, in micro gyms, you know, it's either I need more members, uh, I, I need more space be, because then I need more members or, you know, COVID. But, you know, hopefully we're moving further away from that thing. But you guys have been open just a little over two years and you're around 200 clients, which is it's above average growth, right? That's, that surpasses what we see for average in the industry for, for growth. How have you done it? Has it all been word of mouth? Have you done paid advertising? Are you out there just running people in off the street, just yelling, waving your arms? How do you get people? We did business cards in the beginning. We have, we have, we have absolutely done the whole door to door, hand out business cards. That is definitely a thing that happened. We, we stopped doing that right around the time the pandemic started. Um, we ran a few sponsored ads here and there. Facebook ads ended up, it ended up being about one, one additional like per dollar invested on the ad. So it wasn't really, and it just wasn't truthfully a large bit of it is word of mouth. Our members love our gym and they tell their friends and they tell everyone they know, um, or, Google. We finally, Danielle finally got us on the Google algorithm. You, you know, you Google get your business is actually really so hard. That you show up <laughs> on page one. That was a big, once that happened. That um, was great. Yeah. And then we just keep growth organic. We, we try to, we're not out there trying to sell as fast and as much and as, as much as we can, you know, we have bigger months than others, but uh, we keep it organic so that it can be a sustainable growth. And, and like when we do add a certain number of members, we can sustain that addition. You know, yeah, we've had months that have been really big and it's been wonderful. And it's a little overwhelming, not just for us, because, you know, we're doing it just the two of us, really. But it is overwhelming for our members to get 30 new people in a month. Yeah. All of a sudden, they go to a class that usually has five of their buddies in it, and we're capping classes, and people aren't getting in those class. On this, their same friends aren't getting in those classes, so it can be really overwhelming and kind of, um, you know, ripping the the rug out from under them a little bit. Um, so, you know, in turn, we added more classes and kind of increased the cap because we have such big space and changing things around to really even it out. And, um, you know, like Trent said, the organic growth has been really the best. We haven't really had to do any advertising. Um, yeah. Sometimes the Riverview advertises itself. Yeah. You know, that people, was pretty. People post every single day and tag us and check in at River Drive CrossFit. About the view. They their, like it more than their their workout. On their own, you know. And yeah. So. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that also, you know, the, the, we always look at business, you know, the best way that we've found to break it down on, on our side and the, the team that I work with is like probably four or five major parts, right? How do you get people in the door, right? Mm-hmm. Which is you guys are mostly getting a lot of organic, a lot of word of mouth. So most of those people know who you are, what you do. They have friends, they've seen pictures. So that leads into what do you, what do you do 
when they reach out to you, right? The nurture of it. And again, when it's all organic and people are reaching out to you, a lot of it is just a matter of like, don't screw it up, right? Yeah. When somebody calls you, call them back, text them, email. Them. Don't just let them wonder what the heck happened, right? So is that basically what you find on that side? Is that really the, the thing you have to do is just make sure you don't let people linger and wonder where their email or message went to? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much have the business phone. So whenever they call, we've we have it so that, you know, it says the same thing on every platform. Facebook, Instagram, and the website are all unified call this number, text this number. That way it's all coming to me and I'm in control of really how people filter in. Um, I'm usually pretty good on the phone. So before the pandemic, we did in-person consults, just free consults where we gave them a tour and showed them the space, let them see a class. We like to do consults during class so that someone who's never seen CrossFit before can kind of see the music up and people laughing and, you know, doing really cool stuff and, Everybody likes to see that. We've kind of gone away from that since the pandemic and we just kind of have a phone conversation, pretty natural. And um, yeah, then people come in for foundations. I mean, it's it's really all about being personable on the phone. And if you have to text people, being willing that they may have a different schedule than you and being really honest of, hey, you know, I didn't call you back yesterday. Sorry about that. Is this better? And and people like the personality and personable um part behind it and know that they're talking to just a person um, that's been really beneficial and getting people in the door and making people feel comfortable I think yeah absolutely and, and it goes with that stage of where you are in growth and you know you have a lot of organic reach out and then you're doing your best to get back to them and be accommodating and then it makes the intake process a lot less like a sale right yep. and more just like information right you teach them you show them there's a strong chance that they come with their mind made up that as long as something isn't very wrong, they're going to try you out. Right. right. So you kind of, you're still, still working on that. And that's a great position to be in. And every gym owner would take that forever. Right. Yeah. At a certain point that kind of can slow down and become unpredictable. And if you still want to grow, you, you have to do some other things, but um, you know, you guys have been open a little, little more than two years you know, your, your rate of growth, you know, whether you've had some ups and downs is pretty good. Um, you're still, you know, you have these people that come in that already have like a, a like and trust factor with you and you can make sure that they're a good fit and just kind of get them going. So a lot of things are firing, you know, pretty well for you. Even, you know, you are at the point now where you feel like you don't have to bring on coaches. They're not going to save you. But yeah. you're like, oh, we want to start a coach development program. So you get to pick and choose who you want. And even that is really under your control, right? Everything that's going on right now, you guys have been very calculated and planned. Maybe everything didn't go the way that you wanted to, but it is mostly lined up, right? It feels like the momentum is forward for you guys. That, that basically the feeling that you have when you come in every morning. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that every decision that we make um has been very deliberate i mean we we like i said we love crossfit we just talk about it you know and we try not to when it's like the kids are asleep and when it's at yeah. night you know and we're not going to bed yet but we just talk about things we'll plan something out and if we feel that we can realistically execute it x y and z in the manner that we want it to then yes done we're going to do it we have it all mapped out if not we move on you yeah know? 
we we really have set the bar for ourselves for what we expect of ourselves and of what we do and yeah and we just kind of like a snowball at this point it's just momentum is very and now just adding in new you know COVID really set everything back, but adding really new things and wanting to do like a trunk or treat and wanting to do all these things that bring the, bring more of normalizing CrossFit, taking out the intimidation factor by being normal people, by having fundraisers and um, being normal on the phone. And my kids will cry in the background and, and, you know, people want that. They don't want to be intimidated. And I think taking that out and yeah. just allowing it to be a place where people come, Being and we, approachable. we also do CrossFit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, the, it's, it's his own beast at this point. Um, sometimes we are just hanging on for the ride. Most of the time we're driving. <laughs> Other times we're just kind of holding on really tight. Yeah. 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 It's, it's awesome to see that and hear about the foundation you have and, and where it's going. As we're winding down on time here, um, what's the future look like for you, right? One of my biggest kind of dreams and goals with this thing is to think that I'll be able to hopefully on air, but even if it's not on air, uh, follow up, you know, check in with you guys in a year, two years down the road. What does that future look like for you? If, if everything goes well, you're going to have a thousand members, 10 locations. Uh, we you like know. our one location. Yeah. Um, we are rolling out in the next month, the, the near, near future. We're rolling out some new fun programs. Um, uh, I'm creating a, a program called, um, well, I'm just creating a program for mothers and postpartum pregnant mothers. Um, so we're going to have that. And we want to have more, not, not something other than CrossFit. We want to have programs that all supplement CrossFit, right? Because you can't have enough mobility. You can't have enough restorative CrossFit and functional training. Um, so we want to add that. But really, I think our goal is about 300 members. So That's I guess after that, we're going to need a wait list, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, we've heard about some gyms doing that. And, yeah, and for sure. Yeah, so we we've we think we're going to do a wait list. 300 members, I think, would be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... We don't want more locations. We really want to do all that we can here. And we have the space to do that. That's the thing is we are unique in the fact that we have the ability to. Square footage in the parking. To yeah, have the square footage in the parking. We want to do some big competitions, which would be really cool um, on the water. And just with the location that we have, it could be could be really awesome to host some fun competitions and stuff like that. I think in the spirit of, of you being big picture and me being day to day, like in terms of goals, in the future, <laughs> I think that my goal for two years from now is to wake up and feel the same way that I do about coaching CrossFit right now. Yeah. And to have as much pride, if not more in what we're doing, you know, you, you, we do different things. So that's good. Different big, goals. big plans. And I, I want my, you know, our day to day to, to feel as, you know, as successful, as prideful, as, as happy, as fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. I don't ever want to forget how, how yeah. fortunate we are. And I don't ever want to take any of this for, for granted. Sure. Cause we have, for sure. We've been very fortunate. We worked really hard, so we earned it, but yeah. Yeah. The harder you work, the luckier you, you get, right. That's, That's I think that was developed, but I'm not sure 
and somebody else is saying, I'm not nearly that smart. I think it sounds like you guys are well on your way. You've laid a great foundation. You're not running away. You're ready to just keep doing that hard work to get it exactly where you need to. And I appreciate the time you took with us today. Before we let you go, where can people find you online, social media, websites, all that stuff? Riverdrivecrossfit.com. Uh, on Instagram, we're riverdrivecrossfit. Facebook as well. Um, that's it. Yep. Riverdrive CrossFit. If you're if you're in Savannah, right? Yep. Guess what? It's it's in the name. It's by the river, right? You said you guys are out by the out by the islands out there. Savannah. Yep. River Drive is our street address. Big big tourist area. So drop in, talk to them. Hey, if you're thinking about you know signing a lease on a ten thousand square foot facility, maybe hit them up and pick their brains. Either way, thank you guys so much for being here today. We appreciate you. Thank, thank you, you so much. All right. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. If you want to be notified when new episodes drop, you know what to do. Smash that subscribe button. Leave us a like, a comment, a review. We love all the feedback. If you want to be on the show and tell us about your gym and how you're doing your thing in your town, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep kicking ass, keep changing lives. Jim Wards, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Matt. Matt, how's it going, buddy? Really good, Ryan. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for being a guest on the show. Yeah, great. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, um, so go ahead and let us know. Let's dive right in. So, what is the name of um, the facility you run, and what is your position there? Well, I operate uh, Pursue Fitness in uh, Springfield, Oregon. I'm the general manager there, and have been since uh, the inception of the company and the in the space. In okay. November of 2017. Awesome, man. So, so you hired on right on with them um, as the GM whenever they opened. Yeah, it was, well, it was essentially that the idea came first. It started way back in 2014 or 2015 was the first time the owners of Pursue first reached out to me and said, hey, we want to do a high volume, low price gym. Uh, we were grass seed people. We like fitness, but we like this, this business model and we want you to start the gym and get the whole thing going. Okay. So, awesome. yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious. So, um, so who is Matt? Like, what makes them want to reach out to to Matt? You know, to run this gym. So, what what's your background, man? Well, my background, I uh, kind of, I sort of stumbled into the fitness industry back in 2001. Uh, I was actually in a uh, inpatient drug and alcohol treatment program with oh, okay. a someone that was in management for a company based uh, in Salem here. Yeah. And uh, we made a connection when we were in treatment together. And when, when we got out, I was, I went back to the job that I had when I was, you know, in high school 
And uh, she reached out to me and she says, you know, we really need someone to come and set up the volleyball net on Monday nights and play volleyball with the members for a couple hours and take the net down. Like, it's no big deal. And so I was just excited to like get some access to this gym. And I had actually been a member of this gym off and on throughout my childhood. Um, So I got, when I had my initial interview, my, uh, the general manager of that operation was like, you know, we'll, we'll hire you. We'll just pay you minimum wage, but you'll get a free membership out of it too. And, you know, I had been, I had played some, some, you know, low level sports, fourth, fifth, and so, you know, boys and girls club football and AAU basketball. Yeah. I really, I was really pulled more towards, uh, outdoor activities like mountain biking and fishing. I mean, I was getting up early on Saturday mornings to watch the fly fishing shows on ESPN. That's how much of an outdoors nerd I was. So that was really what drew me. But I knew when I was coming out the other side of, of uh, getting into alcohol and drug recovery, uh, it was simply a kind of a math equation for me that like if I, you know, whereas I had been doing self-destructive things, I knew that exercise was a big part of, of sort of reconstruction. And I watched my father uh, who had gotten sober in the early seventies movement was, uh, he was not a big weightlifter, you know, but movement was always a big thing for him. So he always, he practiced Tai Chi. He did uh, like, he was always working on his mobility. It was just kind of a thing that was my model. So I dove in, uh, started working out at one of the gyms and after about five or six months of working with a fitness coach at one of these clubs, he said, you know, you have the right kind of mindset and mentality for this, you know, because we, he would give me a program and I'd do the program and then he'd give me another program for a month and I'd do that program and pretty soon I started coming up, coming up with ideas and I could kind of, I started to sort of get a sense of things. Yeah. And uh, he was like, you should just go get a trainer certification and I'll introduce you to so-and-so and maybe you can work here. And so I did that. I remember I went to, I think it was the University of Portland and sat for a, 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 the test for American Council on Exercise and I passed and I started working as a fitness coach. And uh, so as a fitness coach, you're sort of taking in new members, helping them get oriented at the club and ha- providing some level of accountability, but you're not really training. Right. And as I was, as I was, growing in that and got used to sort of being a presence on the floor and became sort of well-known for being the guy that would always clean up the weight room and, uh, you know, had, had, a, I, I just, I appreciated that aspect of it. But at the end of the day, I felt like I didn't have enough leverage with uh, the people that I was working with. So I would design a program for them. And as I was sort of included with that membership, I just like that, that wasn't, that wasn't enough to keep the butt in the seat. And so I decided to become a trainer and I mean, I was already certified, but then I changed departments and went over to the training department. And that's really where I hit my stride. Um, So uh, I guess what makes, you know, the, the, having that background of, you know, I, I mean, I've certainly had, uh, body composition goals over the last 20 years. But for me, it's, it's the, the, the sort of the meditation and the sort of presence that I get out of the movement. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's really the benefits of the movement and the fitness that I get from it and the experience and the connection 
that I would get with other members, uh, the members that I was overseeing, clients that I was working with, all of that was like this space that was sort of aside from the normal insanity that comes from being an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes so, sense. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I think I, I think I think the fact that like I just was so grateful to be able to be in that space is what ultimately kind of uh, it, it has been a big part of why I've been able to have a lot of opportunities in the yeah. industry. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, one cool thing about it is, I mean, you really like you started at the bottom, right? Like in the yeah. industry and, and worked your way all the way up. So yeah. the cool thing about that, and one thing I've saw, um, you know, and, and I was the same way, like I started off as a trainer, and then, you know, I stayed in a trainer position for a while, then, you know, did a supplement company. So now the difference, you know, with with you is that, you know, you were, you know, you worked your way all the way up, you know, so you saw kind of how every level works. Right. And, and you got a good appreciation for that, too. So, you know, how, like you have a lot of gyms. Um, you know, it's like the big bad GM walks around and it's like, what did they ever do? Right. And right. <laughs> you know, like, why are they here? But I mean, it sounds like like you've definitely started at the bottom proving yourself. And now that's a good reason why you're at, you know, where you're at right now. Yeah, I, I really it's it's sort of interesting, especially in the last uh, year and a half uh, with the with the pandemic and everything. You know, when I when we opened Pursue, I I was very frank with our owners and I said, you know, I I've trained successfully i've managed a training department at five clubs uh, you know they knew my whole story and uh, ultimately I, I think so i i had done those things and i really wanted to i was becoming less interested in the nuts and bolts of training i i kind of had done that and i felt this calling to sort of oversee a space like to sort of yeah. on that but like I knew that uh, I knew that for the company that I worked for, while I had lots of opportunities and met amazing people and everything like that, I knew there was sort of a, a root ethos that didn't didn't sort of sit right with me. Like it just wasn't it wasn't the right place to do that, and I mm -hmm. felt like I would just be sort of serving. Uh, uh, anyways, so I. I just told our owners, I said, you know, this is my first crack at it and I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to ask a lot of advice from the folks that I hire and this is a whole new market. It's only 60 miles South of where I lived and where I worked. Okay. It's like okay. a whole different world down there. Yeah. Uh, you know, small group train. I mean, you know, I came from a place where small group training and semi-private training was like, I mean, that we were drinking, that was what we did. Um, in addition to having like full service health clubs and everything, but really like I was sort of in that training, you know, yeah. thing, like that person walks through the door and we got to get them into training. Yeah. Uh, and then to come down to, when we opened up Pursue, we set it up in a way that, that appealed so much to the independent exercisers in the area that, I mean, they just came from all over the place. It was just, yeah. I mean, there was nothing there. There's nothing really around the gym either other than residential but we have folks coming from all over the place because here was this space that they right. experienced yet. Yeah. Because there wasn't like this guy walking yeah. around. Uh, there was, there was just, I, and I just, I basically just stayed out of the way and <clears throat> tried to respond to what our community was mm -hmm. looking for. So. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, so looking at pursue now, um, like what is the business model like, um, 
I know the square footage, but I'm, I'm let the audience know the square footage and like what kind of services you guys offer there. Yeah, so we have we have 27,000 square feet total. Uh, we've got uh, kind of a dedicated spin room that's about 2,000 square feet. We've got a dedicated group room that's about 3,000 square feet with a big stage. And uh, that's sort of the, that's one of the big draws for our group fitness. The big ass group <laughs> cool. fitness. I can tell you, I can tell you, right. I can tell you that when we got, it was, it was difficult to find instructors when I was just meeting them at Starbucks with a clipboard saying, I swear there's going to be a gym. But then once they walked into our space and they saw that group fitness room, they're like, oh, I want to teach here because they yeah. were bigger and better and better than any other group fitness room in the area. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got a 15,000, most, most of the activity in the gym really happens on this 15,000 square foot workout floor that is, you know, we've got a cardio deck that's maybe a fourth of it to a third of it and a big kind of, you know, mix between a couple of lines of circuit equipment, uh, a big pit loaded line. Most everything is through matrix. Um, nice. And yeah. a few, a few odds and ends that are outside of the matrix brand. And then a uh, free weight area uh, and a small group training room, which is another 2,000 square feet in addition to that 15,000 square feet. But then that really just serves as, as an extension of the free weight area. Uh, we so, started with a big small group program. And, it, and again, it was just our best guess at things, but it wasn't the thing that our community was looking for. So mm -hmm. we just threw some rigs in there, put a couple more platforms in there, and it gets used really heavily. Yeah. So that's the square footage and the basic layout. Uh, we don't have much in the way of amenities. We have a couple of massage chairs. We've got three tanning beds. Um, but what we really offer is that space. And we hustle to keep that space clean and functioning. I mean, that's our biggest service there. Right. Is literally just making sure that it's ready for the next person to come in. So, yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, we do have, you know, we do have about 40 group fitness classes right now. We had at one point almost 50, but now we've got 40 and they're all kind of coming back up in numbers and, and folks are coming back and we're getting new people from other clubs. And uh, we do have, I've got a team of now it's about eight independently contracted trainers. Uh, they don't, you know, they have a space to operate with us. We have a business relationship with them. Uh, they don't, we don't have. I mean, we don't even have an initial new member orientation. We uh, give tours if we have the, if we're not slammed at the desk because we run yeah. really lean as far as staffing goes. Um, all of our desk staff knows the basics of how to actually operate a machine and get on it, but there's a fine line between that and direction. So that's true. We will that's show point. you how to use something. Yeah. But I mean, even I, like, I have that temptation. So I've got that, like, yeah. that, I, I mean, I'm a, you know, I, I like, I talk to someone, I find out a little bit about them and I like, oh, I better have at least a solution or a thing that you could try. But, you know, I try to draw that, draw that fine line and defer to the, to the mm -hmm. trainers be like, here's our business cards. So this might be a good fit for you. This person might be a good fit for you. And then you can discuss yeah. what all that stuff is for them. Yeah, so, that makes um, sense. That's, that's the, I mean, honestly, it's, it's a, I have compared it to something kind of similar to a key card access, like 24 seven gym, mm -hmm. uh, but just with a lot more options and a lot more space, but it's much yeah. closer to that than the type of outfit where you have a salesperson and then like a, and then fitness staff and, and someone to sort of hand mm -hmm. it along the way, which yeah. I think is fantastic if you have the resources to do that. 
Right. That's just not right. how we do it. So we're like, yeah. you know, do you have any questions? Come up and let us know if you do. You know, good luck and and have fun and yeah, and, uh, that works for us. So now, just curious. So with the um, okay, so eight trainers that are independently contracted. So are they responsible for their own clients, or do you guys kind of feed them some, or can they? No. How does that absolutely work? responsible for their own clients. I mean, they, they, they have a spot. I, I don't, we, I'm not a big signage person. I don't, I don't like have a, a lot of clutter. I like to have okay. clean okay. spaces. Yeah. So on, on our front desk, uh, on the one bit of marble, it's the one nice finish in our, <laughs> in our club at our, at our front counter that they can have business cards there. They can have, I've got a magnet board in the back of the weight room that they can have like an eight and a half by 11, you know, headshot and like bio and stuff like that yeah uh, they they use our schedule they 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 use our point of sale and that's how the sort of nuts and bolts of the business operates but there is no you know when someone signs up for a membership they have to ask us about the trainers mm -hmm. uh, although i also t tell folks as they come on i'm like you know you're not going to get it's not that you're not going to be supported but you're not yeah. going to get a lot of support unless you ask for it, unless you have, like, I have no problem with uh, one of those, one of those trainers having sort of an advocate at the front desk saying like, Hey, you should really get with Avery because she, you know, she like you sound like you have nutrition questions and she's got a really great approach to a really sustainable nutrition. Mm -hmm. You know, this could be a thing, but, but they just, they, they sort of don't do that. They, well, I think that I think the busiest trainer is maybe there 15 hours a week, and most of them are just training one or two clients throughout the week. Yeah, I feel like that's there's such a, a missed opportunity there for them, like with especially with that many clients coming in, because you yeah. guys have over 3,000, right? Yeah, we well we actually have now we have just over 4,100 clients, God, so 4,100 members, and in a day, uh, in the olden days pre-pandemic, we would have. We'd have 7,000 check-ins in a week. And that wow. was with a membership base of 4,500 members. And now um, we, with our membership base of 4,100 members, we'll still have, we're creeping back up over about 5,000 check-ins in a week. So on a busy day, okay. we'll okay. have 900 to 1,000 check-ins. Yeah. And uh, in some hours, there's over 100. So it's Man. busy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely busy. So are the group class instructors, are they yours or are they also... Uh, they're also independently contracted. So okay. our staff is just our service desk staff, and we just reopened our childcare. So oh, okay. those, are my, those are my actual employees. Uh, yeah. My assistant manager was in the first group of people that I hired uh, back in summer of 2017, and I promoted her to assistant manager in January of 2018. And uh, and then I have one. Uh, he was initially a hired trainer, so I did have a training department for a year and a half, but I couldn't we couldn't figure out how to pay them well and sort of match the typical uh, cost per hour pricing yeah. and uh, make money. And so that was why we just decided to have them go independently contracted because it basically gotcha. was just too much of a headache for us to run a training department, which yeah. I got to say, having run a training department successfully at five clubs at, you know, at a different price range, a kind of a different demographic, but that, that was a bit of a hit to me. Like I really wanted to, besides just operating the space, I really wanted to run a successful training department. And that was one area in which I was not able to do that. So it's never too late, man. You know, no, it isn't. No, it's not. It's true. And yeah. So something else I was curious about, um, kind of off topic, I usually don't ask this, but, um, childcare. So yep. what's your take on that? Like, 
I mean, is it profitable for you guys? Um, what What is it like now after COVID? Basically? Okay, so it's way less. It's way less utilized after COVID. We only opened it back up in the beginning of August, and so whereas in the uh, I keep saying in the olden days, but in the olden days we we could see we could have twenty something kids in there at one time. Now we'd have to have like four you know, childcare staff in there when we had that, that big a group. Mm -hmm. uh, now I would say that we've never had, we haven't had more than 10 since childcare opened back up. Uh, so it doesn't get used as much. Um, masks are certainly a requirement here in Oregon. So the kids are masked and kids are going back to school. So summer childcare, while it's, especially in August, historically we've had less use in August because a lot of folks are, getting their summer vacations in. Yeah. And, and so I, I was telling our staff that, you know, we're going to know in the next month, we have this wild card of how the, how the pandemic is going here in Oregon, but when it will know in the next month, exactly what that's going to look like. Um, profitable. No, but I think that the, the concept there uh, just like we try to provide a low barrier to entry, and that's why this high volume, low price gym model appealed to me so much, especially coming from where I was. Mm -hmm. um, also, giving uh, parents the freedom to take care of themselves when, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not like it, for, for the cost that comes to our company, even in these challenging times, and it's hard to make a margin. Uh, the freedom that we're able to provide to our community uh, makes it worth it. And at the end of the day, yeah. you know, that we, we assume that that will also drive membership sales, simply right. the availability of having childcare. So it's kind of, but at the end of the day, we're not taking in for a childcare billing enough to pay for a childcare staff, at least not yeah. at this point. It gotcha. Makes sense. So um, kind of switching gears here, um, as far as like getting new clients in the door, um, what are you guys doing for advertising? Is it mainly word of mouth, social media? Like what's your go-to for that? For sure. It was, it is absolutely word of mouth. And even despite we, we had billboards when we, at, at when we were opening, uh, you know, that got a buzz going around town. Um, but you know, we had three weeks of pre-sale and in an area that has roughly 160,000 people that live in, in that, in that town, we only started up the gym with 400 members and okay. that was with, that was with flyers going out. That was with billboards. Uh, I had started up social media. I do not claim to be a social media whiz, but I understood that like you want to post frequently and, and yeah. sort of exclusively and not, you know, so, um, but the, the biggest thing was the word of mouth. It was yeah. the, it was, uh, uh, I got this concept from, uh, Blair McKinney that uh, now uh, owns works and he, he, and this was actually from his, his, uh, their employee guide. And he talked about believers and seekers and it's what you might imagine. So your believers are the folks that are like going to be moving. They're going to train. They're just looking for the best place to train and for whatever sort of environment they're looking for. Yeah. And then there's the seekers that are like, I got to get my butt like into the gym or I'm supposed yeah. to go to the gym or whatever. So we, we had a few believers come to pursue and then they told all their friends and they told all their friends 
And they told, and so it's, it's absolutely been a word of mouth thing. I mean, it's, it's so word of mouth, like we'll do donations and put up a flyer somewhere at like a school or something. And, but it like, we haven't invested anything in marketing gotcha. like, beyond my time on social media uh, for at least three years. Okay. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth is definitely powerful. And it's, um, you know, when word of mouth works and people come in, it's a really solid lead to like, most right. of the time, like they're, they're already sold before they're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause they have that concept in their head. So the, the, the concept of what the gym is like is already there. And then they walk into that place and they can just, they either feel it and probably also project their model of what that gym reality is like. And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, they yeah. walk into our club and they see it just, first of all, it's just, various you know it's a like i said it's a grocery store it has big ceilings yeah it's big as hell go yeah. it goes out and the colors are fairly modern and kind of muted and i wouldn't exactly say organic but there's kind of soft and like there's you know like two complete lines of circuit equipment right off the bat and you're looking down this and it's like a long stretch down to where the other grocery carts used to be as it were and that's like our stretching area. So there's like this kind of visual impact when you walk into the gym and then yeah. that they combine to hear that we're not jerks and it's, yes. it's, it's, there isn't, you know, there, we don't, we're not convincing people to, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to join yeah. the gyms. I know so what you like, mean. Well, what sets you apart between, what sets you apart from other gyms? And I, I didn't know, I didn't have like a, I hadn't even thought of that exact. And I was like, I was just honest with the guy. I was, I was like, I, I don't really like to, you know, say anything negative about other operations. And I'm not even, I don't have enough information about other operations to answer you that, but I can tell you what we do here. Yeah. So that's what I did. Yeah. That's yeah. Number one rule. Like when it comes to the gym, right? Like don't be an asshole. So right. <laughs> that'll, get you, that'll get you a lot more people, you know? Yeah. And for sure. that's what I've told some staff before. They're like, what I do up here. I'm like, just don't be an asshole. Like right. be nice. Like don't talk about anybody. Don't talk yeah. about numbers. Don't talk about, you know, like you said, focus on us. This is what we can do. We don't care about them. You're here. This is what we can do for you. Yeah, you bring up a good point there. That's a really that's a really important thing to me and something that I uh, work with our staff on right off the bat. It's in our manual and I reinforce it a lot is uh, uh, basically no negative talk about members, uh, even if there's no you know members in earshot. Uh, there's a kind of energy field that happens when you That's get, true. when you get a, when you get rolling and, and you, when you sort of normalize, you know, talking crap about, you know, so-and-so or so-and-so. And the other thing uh, that I, I think it's really important to celebrate someone's behavior and their sort of energy, but not to automatically um, comment on if they looks like they lost weight, that we don't know why they lost weight. And we also don't, I mean, it could be because they, because they, they're going through a lot of stress, or they're they got a cancer diagnosis, or whatever. And we, you know, so I, well, I appreciate people's hard work and their results. Um, we try to not sort of uh, just go with the prevailing narrative that leaner is better and that bigger is better, and that like if you go, if you Google fitness and click on images, that that is the ideal for everybody, or that that's everybody's model of the ideal and so mm -hmm. it's really important to us to not reinforce that yeah so, and hey yeah. it's awesome if your biceps have grown to 
16 or 17 inches or whatever that's awesome for you yeah. but i'm not gonna like celebrate that or anything at the expense of somebody else's experience that doesn't have 16 inch biceps and feels yeah. like shit every day they roll out of bed and doesn't yeah. like to look at themselves in the mirror so that's yeah. a really that's a really important part of our operation yeah and that that is a really good point and you know i would definitely hone in on that with your staff maybe hit it a little more i need to do that myself um and the reason is for what you just said, like, we don't know why someone lost weight. So early on in my career, um, you know, I complimented this person that had lost a lot of weight. So it turns out they had an eating disorder. Um, right. I don't know if it was bulimia. I think it was bulimia, actually. And so, you know, come to find out. Eventually, you know, I think she went she got the problem taken care of, you know, went to treatment for it. But, you know, I got to thinking about it. And I was like, man, so I was actually reinforcing that behavior you know yeah. um unknowingly so that is a really good point to bring up and um yeah i actually forgot all about that story till you brought that up so i need i need to make a note of that for my staff too that's good it's really important that we that we that that i'm so glad that i reminded you of that because that's it's yeah. it's like if we there's there's space for everyone but it's real easy to make people feel unwelcome just inadvertently like yeah. that and uh and that's you know that's not what we're about yeah, absolutely. Well, Matt, we are getting towards the end of our podcast. So uh, one question I'd like to ask everyone at the end. Uh, so in a year from now, assuming, assuming no restrictions, um, where would you guys like to be? Like, what does growth look like for you? Growth for us looks like where we... <laughs> so numbers-wise, I would like to see our our membership grow by another 10 to 15% and stabilize at that, at that use or at that number. Because what historically I've seen is that we get to, because our members use our clubs so much, so much more than the average in this sort of sector of fitness, that is where we have kind of a fine balance point where we are, where people, where we're making our end meet as a business but people are not being crowded out of the space that they love. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a dynamic balance as always, but that's, mm -hmm. that to me is, is success a year from now. Mm -hmm. And once, and then as we have that, we have a little bit of freedom to try a different group fitness course. Uh, you know, we, we can, okay, now like what, what kind of equipment can we invest in that will really have the biggest impact here and give us a good return? That's when, that's when those things become more optional. And also my goodness to pay our staff more. Yeah. yeah. I would love to pay our staff, you know, that, that to me, success is being, is feeling, having a little bit of breathing room to yeah. operate with a lot of like energy and vibration and also make investments, particularly in our staff, but even for as well equipped as we are in our uh, space and our equipment. Awesome, man. Great goals right there. Um, Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, I enjoyed Thanks, it. Ryan. Great conversation, man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate yeah, it. Definitely. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, hit the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured in the podcast, Click the link in the description and apply to be a guest. Until next time, Jim Lord's out. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their areas. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, owners of G-Force in Rutherford, New Jersey, Michael and Stephanie Mish. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, Dom. Doing great. Thank you. It is excellent to have you guys. Man, just the conversation we had before we went on the air is awesome. We got to share some with the audience, though. So let's get into it. Tell us about G-Force. So GeForce, uh, you know, described really simply is we are a multifunction uh, boutique fitness studio. We offer a lot of classes ranging from Fight Flex and Fight Flow, which are our marquee classes, which combine boxing and functional fitness and boxing yoga, Combat Conditioning, which is our functional fitness class, as well as other sorts of boot camp, Pilates, and other classes to uh, help people hit their specific goals. Awesome. So some two things that stand out for me a lot there are one heavily, heavily boxing influenced, right? Not a boxing gym, but a lot of elements that come through from the world of boxing, right? Some of the best conditioned athletes in the world, there's high skill, a lot of hand-eye coordination, but not strictly that. And also the assortment, right? The different, the variety of classes that you guys had, you, you've come out, you have your influences, in the things that that you like the most, but you're trying to make it as accessible and open to as many people as you can that, that fit into those molds, right? Absolutely. Yes. So you can't be everything to everybody, but you have your areas. You guys are all about certification. You're not just throwing something against the wall because you think you can coach it. You guys have a a laundry list of certifications. So if you think you can execute it well for someone who comes into interest, is interested in it, you're going to put it on the menu and see who wants to order it. Most definitely. Most definitely. Cool. So your, your main, your bread and butter things are to some degree combat based, right? The, the combat conditioning, right? And then you have your, um, what, were the, what were the name of the other two of them? Fight Flex and Fight Flow. Fight Flex and fight flow. I, I feel like that's a tongue twister, but you've said it enough times. So yeah, one is more strength and conditioning based. One is kind of 50, 50 boxing strength and conditioning with, with a yoga flow at the end. Yes. Cool. So, and those are classes offerings that you've, you've developed on your own, right? This is something that was your baby, your brainchild, and you may borrow or get inspired from other areas, but you've made those basically on your own to what you want them to be. 
Exactly. Exactly. That was, um, you know, it's been, uh, it, it's, it's been hard. And like I said, it, like we'll always say any, any gym owner, any gym, you know, you're bet you're, you're going to take the little bits and pieces, but there's, we've gotten them to a point where, you know, if you were to look at what makes it at the center, that's a hundred percent homegrown. Yeah. And you have to have, to be a successful business in a crowded fitness market space, heck in a saturated area, like you are, you have to have some type of unique value proposition, some type of differentiating factor. You could be the best CrossFit gym coach, whatever in the area, but just by virtue of traffic or the way people live their lives, someone might not drive five miles to come see you, but you have something unique and makes it worth it, expands your radius a little bit, opens up your marketplace a little bit. And really, if you're in the business to help people, and by the way, earn a living doing it, you want the most conversations you can have with people that don't involve, how are you different from the other guy, right? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So community-based as well. I think that's very important for us and in, in keeping a little bit different than everybody around us. So. so we talked a little bit about your story, kind of moving from spot to spot, the way, you know, different things have happened. You've increased in size, you've decreased in size, you know, the background and training before here. How long would you say the actual concept of fight flow and fight flex, how long have, has that been in existence? Oh, wow. Um, they were our first two. Well, fight well, flex was our was, first class. Yeah, that was our first class. And, and Michael created that with actually one of our other trainers where they came from. Uh, he created that even before then. Um, and then he, he, so that would say about eight months before we've been open. So now we've been open five years. So that's, that was in the works for a while. Um, and fight flow took us about six months, uh, before we even laid it out there. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a class that was introduced when we opened. It was just something that, you know, along the way we created and, uh, and executed. Which is strange. We didn't even, like, had no idea that that would be a hit. Yeah, no, not at all. No, we, we, we didn't know there was a demand and then it was literally, we, we had different yoga instructors at the time. This is when Stephanie was still in training to get her yoga certification. And they were just like, well, what if you just combine these two? And they're like, oh yeah, maybe that'll work. And now, I mean, that's our most popular class. Got it. Got it. Okay. So that gives me a little idea of, of how that, so they've both been around for almost as long as you've been in existence. Yes. Fight Flex first, but Fight Flow. So it's not... And I'm sure you've iterated it and try to perfect it and tweak it to the extent that it's been. So those have been your core offerings for a while. So let's do a little bit of timelining and uh, we'll get into and away from COVID as quickly as we can. But for people listening to this, you know, we're recording November, 2021. It's still a hot topic on people's minds, especially in the Northeast. Um, you guys opened up the gym, you grew you know, you grew, you grew, you kept going, right? You hit your peak and then, you know, you guys are, you're flying high and then COVID hits and, you know, the Northeast was, was some of the hardest hit areas in the country. Um, you managed to stay the course, right? You, you went online, you did what you had to do there and you came out on the other side of it, right? 30, I think it's about 38% now of businesses in the fitness world just didn't make it. So it speaks a lot to what you guys have done and the following you've had and, and how you prepared that you're still here. But as close to us being able to call this a post 
post-COVID business world, fingers crossed. What do things look like for you now? How different are they? How has it affected your goals? What's your, what's your now situation look like versus where you want to be? Well, one of the biggest things that when COVID hit that we thought was going to be a thing just because of, you know, communication with our members, social media and everything, everybody wanted back in the gym. And the second New Jersey opened the gym, 50% of those people just were not back in the gym. They were still afraid. And so, you know, a big thing, our mission statement, especially when we were at our height, I want to say 20. 2019, the end of 2019, at the beginning of 2020, right before COVID, we were, you know, doing very, very well. We had value on our product and, and the value showed. So we could charge whatever we wanted. You hit post COVID and we're, you know, you're still kind of in shock from that. So you lower your prices and you start taking everything. You start negotiating, you start wheeling and dealing just because you want to build back as hard as possible. And I think one of the effects that we've seen from that is that, you know, maybe we undervalued ourselves a little bit and maybe we could have charged more and maybe we could have looked at it like that. But at the time, again, like you said, 38% of the gyms are closed. We Every day you're on Instagram, you see a new, or, or you're honestly at someone's gym, you know, buying the carcasses of their weights. And it was a scary time. It, yeah. And I, and I think what I've, I've noticed a little more is people are not afraid because of COVID, but afraid that they've gotten so out of shape that they don't know how to start again. And that is our biggest challenge where it could be before anybody just walking on the street would come in. And now it's like, it's gotta be a well-planned thought for a person to come back like, man, I'm scared to go back. I don't know if I wanna do this. And that is our biggest challenge. We have to break those walls of that COVID scaredness of just working out, not being scared of COVID as much as that they're just scared to work out again because they've been out of the game for like two years almost, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that, uh... It's something that I think a lot of people don't realize, and it's great that you recognize it, is even people who were working out before. So you have the normal people who just been on the couch, and it's hard for them to do it. Mm-hmm. Then you have the people who were working out and knew, know the progress they made, know how far they may have backslidden. And I think it could be just as hard, if not harder, for them. So that's that's a really good observation. The question is, what are you guys doing to to get the message out there, to package it, to, you know, to really let people know, Hey, we're here. It's okay. You can come in, you know, it doesn't matter what shape you're in. What are you doing to get people to raise their hands and say, I am interested. I just don't know what to do. Well, that's a really easy one. That's this lady to my left right here. And that's just Instagram. Um, we've she every day, three times a day at hotspots, she's posting photos, videos, stories, of just regular everyday people in shape, out of shape, you know, starting from the beginning, starting from the beginning, starting from everything and just getting as many eyes on that as possible. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're crushing the Instagram game. What does that look like for you in turnover to people DMing you, people calling, reaching out and actually ending up in the gym? Well, I would say Instagram is honestly our biggest hit right now as far as getting the DMs and getting that. And so we have, um, you know, again, talking about just mistakes, Groupon, which we thought was going to be just a huge hit just because it's so popular in this area, was just the biggest pain in the world because 
you think you're going to get people in the door and they're going to want to sign and do this, but no, people buy Groupon to buy Groupons. Yeah. And then like for like DMs, like, you know, it's more of how you speak to somebody. If you, if they feel that you're a little, you know, have a little empathy for them or an understanding and tell them it's going to be okay that you're starting over or, you know, nobody's going to judge you. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Just try it. Try the class. You know, they come in and I, I would have to say uh, nine out of 10 people who will walk in, will sign up that day. Um, you know, you still have somebody a little scared. It's not about the environment or anything else. Like, you know what? I, I got to think, I just think if I could still do this, I don't know if my schedule is working. It's, it's very hard. Uh, you know, people have different schedules now too. People who commuted, who didn't commute, who are staying home. It's hard to leave their house now. If they're home, they're kind of like nestled in, you know, we're in a cold environment right now. Uh, you know, oh, maybe I'll start next year, you know? So we are working very hard uh, to, you know, and a lot of uh, people at our gym, they'll have their friends come. You know, they're trying to help their friends out. So that helps us. We're always word of mouth. Um, you know, we're we're in some, you know, local magazines. Like I said, we had one of uh, the best gym in the area at the time. But we also just stay in touch with those editors and they publish us time to time um, and just kind of give us a little, you know, little push, which helps uh, people see us out there. They know, you know, we're, we're here Spartan, for them. Spartan as well uh, in the myriad of certifications. Spartan actually still... Um, while that died down a lot, obviously, because Spartan itself died down a lot due to COVID, um, you know, like just little things like, like they've been great. Like I've done two articles for them that were on their main page um, and and I'm on their gym finder. But to, you know, to directly answer your question, as far as Instagram and turnover, let's, let's use 10 as an example. We're going to get 10, realistically, we'll probably get 20. Yeah, we'll get 20, we'll get 20 DMs for for interest a week out of those 20 10 are going to show up out of those 10 that show up nine are going to sign a membership okay so you guys are adding i'm not the best at math you guys are adding upwards of 30 people a month right now from from yeah, all the outreach that you're doing and then we have people who have fallen off so it's it's like a it's like a waterfall you know and it keeps recycling so I gotcha. it feels like we're not we're not steadily making as soon as you lose, you get, you gain, you lose, you gain. It's, it's like a, one of those water cycle things, you know? Yeah. Does it, help? Does it, help? <laughs> it doesn't help that everyone seems to have gotten pregnant during COVID. So yeah, that does, that does, yes, that is there, another. There are going to be a lot of COVID babies. That's for sure. It's going to be the next baby boom, I think. So, so you guys have the organic side of things going pretty well for you, right? To the extent that you can go on there and do that. Oh, and by organic, we mean anything that you don't have to pay money for it. Your time is valuable. You're investing. There's things you're doing. But we group that all into organic. Um, it, so the other side of that coin, and I always like to make the analogy, organic is like, I feel like getting new members in the gym, you can, you can think about it like dating, right? Organic is like getting set up by your friends or going to the bar or making social media posts and, and seeing who's out there that's really in line with what you like. And then the other side of that is is paid advertising, which is more like it's like going on on Bumble or or whatever, right? Going on a dating app where you put your best pictures up or your best videos, you write the best blog you can about yourself, you broadcast yourself to a five mile radius, and now you got now you got people who who might be interested in you that might not have found you through any of those other channels, and you're trying to get them to like swipe right on your business, so. You guys, you said you've dabbled in that a little bit, right? You've tried a little bit with the paid advertisement stuff. And to be honest, I feel like we've gotten 
one to five people and we've paid a lot of money. So that's why we gave up on that aspect for a while. And maybe something that needs to be done again because it's a different time right now. And we're hitting January. Yeah, and January is that, you know, and February is the most popular. But um, paid advertisement was never our bread and butter. It's uh, word of mouth. It's like wildfire for us that way. But again, now it's a different time and everything has changed. We've had to adapt. So I think adapt. So I think that we need to re rethink that strategy. Honestly, at the time, right before COVID, we had so many members. And we almost have turned people away. Yeah, we, we were raising rates. We were doing everything you want to do. And that's when we, that's when we first turned off paid advertisement because we're like, we, we can't, we can't sustain this. So we needed to, to look at, I mean, it was a good option to have, but one of the, one of the biggest things about GeForce um, that doesn't get said enough is we have no investors. We have no startup. We have no loans. This is just money that, you know, we had saved that we poured into and it was our heart and soul. So, you know, going like when we get, when we, even when we talk about it all the time, we're like, Oh, we might partner up with this person and, you know, move into this and do it. And then we're just like, you know what, at least, at least we're married, you know, <laughs> like, so it's, it's kind of hard to hate your business partner when you got to sleep next to them at night. For sure. Yeah. Or it gives you more incentive to work things out. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. The, the reason I always bring up the paid advertising is especially in this, you know, after, after the COVID hit, hit a lot of people, it's like, everybody had the buildup or, or thankfully a lot of people had the buildup and you get to that point where maybe you don't need to, you don't need to have it running. You want to shut it off. You have a waiting list, whatever it is. But then after COVID comes and, and, you know, gives us an uppercut in the chin, it's like, how do we get back to where we were the best way, the best and fastest way? Because just fastest doesn't do you any good. You don't want to keep turning people over. Eventually that gets old. You get worn out. Doing consults is terrible when you have to do them always. Or you don't, you're always going to need new people coming in, but you don't want to have to bring in 20 new people a week or 30 new people a month, right? That, that gets old. And even in the densely populated area, you, you eventually run out of people too. So the reason we, you know, we like to touch on it is because to, if you want to hit that fast forward button, if you want to be able to say, I want these people, I want that Lululemon Starbucks crowd. I want to target a specific demographic. Apple, Apple made it a little bit harder after the last iOS update. So even if you want your gym to be the iPhone, they kind of can be a pain in the ass. But if you work those algorithms, if you have the right offer, Right. There's still there's still words and things you're allowed to do on Facebook. Instagram works too. I always think whatever's the highest ROI. You still see gyms who are who have it all dialed in that I, I call it it's like a broken ATM, right? You put a hundred bucks into Facebook, you get three, four hundred dollars back. People come in, in the front end, then you're sitting pretty, right? You just you turn it off whenever you're ready, you turn it back on. So there's definitely still some strategies that work in there that yeah, can be explored. Like I haven't done that in a while, but Facebook definitely is a good. Yeah. But it's also a place where you can dump a lot of money. Yeah. Everything we publish from Instagram goes to Facebook, but I haven't done ads on Facebook in a while, but yeah. It can, it can be a black hole too. And once you start putting money behind it, things that you can post and say for free, you put money behind it. Facebook's like, nope, sorry, that's not going to work. They'll still take your money. Yeah. They, just, they just won't show it to the people that you want to get shown it to. So it's still a viable option, right? When I say that, just so for our listeners too, that are out there, like, you know, how do I know if my Facebook ads are successful? What should I expect, right? 
we say, you know, with, with the group that, that I talk to the most about the stuff, if you're not getting three to four to one return on investment out of your Facebook ads on the front end, because there's always cost of fulfillment, you got to think about, you got to kill it and find better ads. So, so there's that process. I want to go further down the line. You bring people in, they get, they get an intro class. Is that the first thing that happens when they come in? Yes. Did they get to pick whether they want fight flex, fight flow, whatever the case may be? Yeah, our typical, our, our atypical conversation will go, hey, Mrs. Jim, uh, what should I try? Hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, I'm a caller, she's a texter. So like a lot of people, and it, it, you'll, you'll get it. Like for, for me, I'm like, I just want to talk to you right now. We're just going to talk. And if, if I'm going to get someone on the phone, I'm like, I'm going to get you to sign up just so you want me to hang up. And, uh, and so we'll go through that and be like, well, what are you looking for? What are your goals? Oh, I just want to get in shape. Oh, cool. All of our classes will be there. And if they say I'm a beginner or this, and, and we tell them, okay, well, what's your best time slot? And then we give our suggestions. And then we say, okay, try this. And if you didn't like it, then you can try another class on us. It's fine. But they generally like any class that they come in and try. It's more just getting them in the door. And communication with the trainer. You know, like whether when it's us, it's easy. That's a quick text message. Hey, babe, you know. Uh, you got three newbies here. Uh, they're trying fight flow. They've never done yoga before. So they're going to look like a bunch of, you know, broken pretzels. Um, but, and then, yeah, and then letting the other trainers know, like uh, our one trainer, Manny, uh, love him to death. One of the best cross instructors I've ever met in my entire life. And like when we have new people, we have a text like, Manny, what's your workout today? And he'll send us his program. We're like, all right, dude, like just think of a scale already. You have a 68-year-old woman who hasn't worked out since World War II coming in. <laughs> she is exaggerating, but yes, we always have to manage to let that know. Like we know to always, you know, scale, but you gotta let the other the others know because they're not it. You know, we're invested the most. It's our gym, so. So you're working the process, and you. I think you said earlier about you. You put eight or nine out of ten people who walk through your door are gonna sign up for something. Yep. If we can you get do, that now, though, that's the problem. What's that? That's if we can get that many to communicate right now, you know, we still got right, that. right. When they do sign up, is it just they pay their first month? Do you have an intro program? Is it personal training in classes? What's the typical person signing up for on day one? So we offer multiple membership programs, and we do do first first month up front. We don't do any intro fees. We don't do any. Spin. We don't do first and last month. We just do pay right now for your first month. Um, and we also do packs. So if somebody's a little like scared still, we'll say, okay, you want to do 10 pack? Let's do a 10 pack. Um, and then other people will say, no, you know what? I was going to do the 10 pack when I talked to you on the phone, but now that I'm here, I'm going to do the six months. It's like, okay, let's do six months. And that's, and that's the, when we talk about assigning value to something, we do with that, you know, that 10 pack. Okay, you go to that 10 pack. Okay, you tried out Fight Flex and you love it. You tried out Fight Flow and now you're feeling better because, you know, you got all put up in Fight Flex. Right now you're doing combat conditioning. Okay, now, you know, we yeah, offer TRX class. a TRX class. All right, now you do butts and guts. You're like, well, I went through five classes in a week and I spent, you know, $110 in this 10-pack. I should have just done the unlimited membership and I can keep going for the rest of the month. And we're like, so we told you beforehand, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So you have some options there when people sign up. What about other services? Um, do you guys offer nutrition? Do you offer any online programming? Do you offer supplements? You dive into any of those areas? So we've been very apprehensive with certain things. Nutrition being one of them. Well, Stephanie does have a nutrition certification under her belt. Of course she does. Of course she does. Um, you know. And and uh, not 
I mean, that's one of the one certifications I don't have. Um, but, you know, knowing enough about nutrition, it's a, it's a slippery slope um, where it's something that we've talked about in the future that we outsourced it. Um, supplements, uh, step, we are brand ambassadors for FNX. So we do do that. So it's an FNX fit. I'm a brand ambassador for them. So I, I, I push their products. I do enjoy them. So um, I do. A little bit of CBD here and there, like we were with a, a local vendor. However, unfortunately, due to the fact that I am in the army, it's not exactly something that we're allowed to. It, we couldn't sell. We can advertise it. We could, we could put up a poster, but we can't sell. Like I would dive and. You know, we try to help out local vendors. We have somebody who does that. We have somebody who does uh, post-workout uh, sprays for your face, which cleanses the face. She created that. She should be a member. So we try to support other people. We don't really have many um, in, in in source. Like, we don't do our own We've thing. Tr I, we've tried. I mean, pre-COVID, I would say that the, the online programming worked because you had a couple clients that yeah. you just – Great would, programs yeah, for, and, and it was working. And, you know, it, that is one of the easiest sources to, to get people. And, and I know like, like, uh, and you, you'll see it online too. And sometimes I wonder, like we, we would get it and uh, like, I won't name any names and people are like, oh, I made, you know, $5,000 off online programming. And I'm like, wow, that's great. Like I should just close my gym now and just start programming online. And I don't know if I it's- I just don't know if we're, yeah, maybe it's just something we don't know. We're not educated enough then to do, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we have all the education to write up a yeah, bunch of have, programs. Yeah, we have every certification. <laughs> yeah, we have a binder full of certifications. We don't know how to translate that, so. so yeah, we'll a binder full of certifications, a decade of experience. So like, you know, we could do it. It's just, that that that'd be the one thing that if we did evolve into, it would definitely be online programming for sure. Okay. Because we already have the Zoom classes. Like, so it would just be, a half step back from that. So lots of potential there, things that you're gonna do or could do down the line as you continue to recover from COVID, grow, that don't necessarily just include adding more people, right? At a certain point, you're gonna get capped out, right? You're in a lease, you can't move out of the space. Maybe you wanna stay in that space forever. I know you guys don't wanna get huge. You've been there and done that or been bigger. So definitely some areas of opportunity there. So. As we, as we start to wind down here, we're almost out of time. Heck, we might be over the time we're supposed to have, but we're rolling with it. So if you guys could go back, right? We're talking five years ago when you had the idea that you're going to do this. I know there's a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda. You guys know there's some things that you would do differently. What would be the number one thing that you wish you knew or did differently right from the get-go? Don't be scared. No, legitimately, don't be afraid. You don't know. be afraid. And also have confidence in yourself, you know, your own product. You know, we try to get too many people, um, too many different class types, which we I can do, but just too many. It got a little wild. Uh, maybe just have faith in yourself and, and also just don't undermine your own, uh, you know, value. And I think that we would have done a little bit better. And don't be afraid to throw some money out there. You're going to get it back. If you, if, you, if you assign the value to it, if you work hard, and, and you know that that extra couple hundred bucks you could spend on advertising you know it will come back yeah absolutely and i hear that that don't be scared thing in different versions so many times from people who believe that their product is good because that's a different it's a different subject for from people who truly believe it it's always you know the tony robbins burn the boats wish i would have jumped in faster wish i would have known that if i if i can deliver a good product which you have to be able to do 
and I will work as hard as I need to and as smartly as I need to, this is going to work. There isn't no, there's no, uh, what if it doesn't work? If you have, if you have a good product or good ability and you have the work ethic, just do it. Now there's a Chinese proverb, right? The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So I like the way that you frame it. And I think that's a, some good insight. So we are, last question, if people want to find you online, what's that awesome social media? Where can they find your Instagram? What's your website? So um, for Instagram, you can go to at G underscore force underscore training. Yep. Um, Facebook, you could just put facebook.com slash G force fitness and training. And our website is gforce.training not gforce.training.com but like yeah yeah, it's gforce.training got it got it awesome all right guys it's been a pleasure having you on here today i thank you for your time this has been awesome thank you so much for having us thank you so much for the opportunity you guys are welcome and to everybody out there listening as always we appreciate you thank you for spending some of your day with us we hope you found value in this episode and if you want to hear more Click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show and talk about your business model, your entrepreneurial journey, what you're doing, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.